Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Here, and it is such a joy every week to be able to spend time with them and pour into them. Um, And if you have noticed, you've come on a very special Sunday, and I've realized I've been lying to you guys, because on student takeovers, I say, this is my favorite Sunday of the year, Um, but we actually have the Sunday twice a year, and so this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. Um, So if you're new with us today, no, this church is not run by teenagers, although I wish it was, because that'd be pretty fun. Uh, we get the opportunity to serve the church, serve God's church and his people by taking over the church um, one Sunday, two Sundays a year. And um, it's all thanks to Tim and Karen and the staff for letting us do this. And I'm so grateful um, for the opportunity to do that. Um, But before we get started, I just wanted to give a shout out to the coast leaders. If y'all would just like shoot a hand up. Some of them are in the back, um, just leading our students so well as they do up here, over there. Yeah. This ministry would not be possible or be what it is without them and their faithfulness um, and their due diligence. I'm not even going to try and say that word anymore. Uh, Faithfulness to come and serve Sundays and Wednesdays and hang out with students throughout the week and pour into them. And they just so genuinely care and love our students here. Um, It is a sweet blessing to serve alongside of them. And so thanks, y'all. You rock. My socks off. Um, I wanted to give y'all a little history, actually, of Student Takeover, because if you've been with the church for for some time now, you've noticed that it's kind of grown and evolved over the years. Um, Student Takeover originally started as Student Serve, which the fifth Sunday of every month, the students would serve in hospitality, in offering, opening doors, in Vine Kids, and Doug and Zolv, shout out to you, Dougie G on Facebook Live, if you're watching. He kind of pushed pretty hard to get that to happen. Say, hey, let's invest in our youth. Let's trust them to serve our church well. And let's set them up to do that by giving them this opportunity. And then over the years, it's grown and evolved. But Doug laid that foundation for us to be able to do what we do today and have a full worship band of students up here, have a full tech team in the back. Shout out to y'all back there. Yeah, but it all started with a small foundation of, hey, we want to invest here, we want to build here, and we want to grow and see what this can lead to. And so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about foundations in our lives and how we lay them and how we build them and watch them grow over time. And so we're just going to jump right in if that's okay with y'all. Yeah? Cool. So we're going to read in Colossians 1, 9 through 12 today. I would love for y'all to read with me. Okay? For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work, growing with the knowledge of God, 
being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Amen. Jesus, I thank you so much that we get to freely read your word together. God, I thank you for this opportunity to um, just share what you've laid on my heart with this church. God, I thank you for the students who are so eager and excited to serve you and serve your people. Father, may you continue to build them up in your word and in your ways. God, may you tune our hearts and our ears to hear what it is you have to say to us today. Jesus, I ask that you just speak through me. God, that you come and do what only you can do, God. This is your church. Father, may your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So a couple weeks ago, Jay preached on uh, verses out of Colossians as well. And so we're just a few verses down from where Jay preached um, two weeks ago. And so I'm just going to give you a little bit of context because I really hope you remembered and paid such great attention and took great notes with Jay. But Paul is writing this letter to a church in Colossae, Colossae, however you want to say it, it's fine. Jesus isn't going to be mad if you mispronounce it. But he's writing this letter to this church while he's in prison, and he's encouraging them to remember the true gospel. They started to listen to some false teachings and started to get, a, get astray a little bit, and so he's just encouraging them, hey, remember the true gospel. Remember your foundation. And so we're going to talk about that today because I want to encourage you guys to look at the different foundations in your life if they're strong, or how do you even lay a proper foundation in your life? And you might be asking yourself, well, what the heck is a foundation? Because all I know is a house foundation. And so I want you to think about your families, your church or ministries, your businesses or jobs, your community around you, and even just your life in general. So as I was preparing for this message, um, I did a lot of research. I actually watched some videos on how to build a house. And it was, it was quite interesting. I watched for five minutes someone just digging a hole. And I didn't fast forward, which I was like, maybe I'm just super bored. But I've, I learned a lot of how to lay a foundation, how to build a house. And so if you're a professional contractor in here, I just ask that you give me a little bit of grace. Um, because all of my knowledge is from Google. But I'm going to walk you step by step of how to lay and build a foundation. And so the first thing I discovered was you need to pick a site. So you need to identify where in your life do you want to lay a foundation. You have to be intentional about it. You've got to pick your spot. So I've picked the youth ministry as my starting point to build foundation. Maybe it's yours. Maybe you've just started a business. And you want to figure out, how do I lay a proper, healthy foundation for this business? Or maybe it's your family. You're starting a family or thinking about starting a family. And you want to think about, okay, this is where I want to lay a foundation. How do I go about it? So first one, pick your spot. Your spot. The second is the ground needs to be prepared. Because what I discovered is if you're going to build a house, you can't just build a house. You have to make sure you clear out the ground, pull up any weeds or branches, or dig holes, which doesn't make sense because you're going to build on top of it, but I trusted Google. And so 
you're going to need to prepare the ground. Which brings me to my first point. A strong foundation is laid with prayer. In Colossians 1.9, the first part says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. You see, what I learned from Google is that laying a foundation, preparing the ground for your foundation is hard work. A lot of labor. You've got to pull up the weeds and the branches. You're going to sweat. You might cry if you don't like doing hard work. And it's the same for our lives. It's going to take a little bit of digging into our souls to discover what areas in our lives need to go What areas in our lives need to be softened and prepared for a proper foundation to be laid? But what I discovered as I was thinking about this and as I was reading through this, there's two ways and two reasons why we build and lay foundations. The first is for ourselves, right? We want to have a strong, solid foundation under us. But the second is we lay foundations so that people behind us can come along and build on top of them. And so as we're preparing to lay a strong foundation with prayer, we need to sometimes shift our focus of prayer to the people who are going to be coming behind us. And sometimes we don't know who those people are. Sometimes we might have an idea. Sometimes we might know if it's our children. But we should be praying for them. You see, Paul opens almost every single one of his letters to different churches with, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. He says that in Ephesians. In Philippians, he says, in all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. First and second Thessalonians, he says, we always thank God for you and continually mention you in our prayers. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you. You see, Paul was very consistent and intentional in his prayers for other people. The churches that he planted and helped build were founded on prayer. And so why should our lives be any different? Why shouldn't we lay the foundations with prayer? And if we're, if we're ultimately laying these foundations for other people, the people that are coming behind us, We should be praying for them as well, right? And a lot of times I think, I know I have fallen into the habit of praying for people only when there's an emergency or only when times are tough. But we get the opportunity to pray for people ahead of time. Pray for them before trouble comes. Pray that God be set around their lives and their hearts and their minds before the enemy tries to break in and attack them. And so if we don't know who's coming behind us, that's okay. God does. And we can still pray for them. And you you find in in Colossians chapter 1, 9 through 10, Paul lays a perfect model of prayer for other people. And so if we just open up to Paul's letters, we don't even have to come up with our own prayers. We can just mimic what he says for other people. And so a strong foundation is laid with prayer. You know, we're constantly praying for the students, for the student ministry. Sometimes that's all I do. 
Sometimes I don't even do the hard work of going and going out and trying to recruit students to come in. Sometimes I just lay the foundation of prayer because I know that when prayer is the foundation of our ministry, God's going to show up and he's going to move. And then he calls us to make action on ourselves. And so once we've prepared the foundation, once we've laid the foundation, the third thing I found was that you build a frame. So you set an outline of the base of where you want the building to go. And so for us, it's kind of like vision casting for our lives. Once we've decided, okay, this is where I want to build my foundation, I'm going to start laying it with prayer. I'm going to start praying over the foundation I want to build. And now you say, okay, but where do I want this to go? What do I want this foundation to lead to? Where do I want my family to be in 5, 10, 15 years? How do I see my business growing? And so we get to dream up an outline of our foundation. And Paul says in Colossians 1.10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. You see, if we lay a foundation with prayer, well, great, now what do we do, right? And so when we are able to put an outline around our foundations, when we're able to vision cast where we want our lives, our businesses, our families, our ministries, our communities to go, now we say, okay, so how and what do I need to do to get there? What things do I need to do to live a life that's worthy of the Lord, that's going to please him, that's going to align with scripture, and that's ultimately going to bear fruit, which is the result of where our foundation is headed. And so we prepare the ground. We lay the foundation with prayer. We vision cast. We build a frame. And then the, first, the fourth thing we do is you mix and pour the concrete. And the concrete's purpose when building a house is to fortify the foundation, right? Concrete's pretty hard. You're not going to break it too easily. And so when we lay and pour concrete down on our foundation, it fortifies it. It makes it strong. I Googled again because I like Google. <laughs> what the definition of fortify means. And I found it super interesting because this is what Google said. It said, to make strong, to strengthen with defensive works as to protect against attacks, to strengthen or invigorate yourself or someone mentally or spiritually. And so it's important for us to fortify, to make strong these foundations that we lay down in our life. And we do that through growing in knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Paul says in Colossians in our scripture, this is his prayer for the people of the church. He says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in knowledge of God, 
being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience. See, Paul's saying you fortify your foundation through wisdom and understanding and knowledge of God. But the knowledge of God that he's talking about isn't just studying God, isn't just knowing things about God. The knowledge of God that he's talking about is through a relationship with God, knowing the heart of God, knowing God's character and who he is and who he is for you. And so we can grow and fortify our faith through relationship with the Lord. And how do we do this? By prayer. Right? Prayer seems to be a big deal to Paul. Maybe it's a big deal to God too. So by prayer. And remember, building and laying foundation isn't always just for ourselves. It's for other people. So we can pray for wisdom and knowledge and understanding for ourselves but also pray for wisdom and knowledge and understanding for the people that are following in your footsteps, for your children, for the intern at your job, for maybe the next young pastor that's coming along. Pray for them. Pray for wisdom. Pray for the fortifying of their faith. By spending time reading and studying scripture, we know that God will reveal his heart and his character through scripture. God's going to speak to us through his word. And so when we spend time reading scripture and reading his word, we're going to begin to know and grow in the knowledge of who God is. By attending church, because we know when things are hard, it's so much easier to get it done and do life when we have other people around us. And so when we attend church, we get to fortify ourselves by having a body around us to encourage us and build us up. And we also, in turn, get to fortify the body by encouraging and building up, by serving, pouring out. Right? These students are being fortified by serving and using the gifts that God's given them by serving the church. In the same line, discipleship fortifies our faith because it fortifies our faith by getting to pour out the knowledge and the wisdom we've been given into people that we're discipling, and it fortifies that person's faith by being poured into, by being encouraged, and by being held accountable. When we do these things, our faith is made strong. Our faith is fortified. And when our faith is strong and our faith is fortified, our foundations will be fortified. Because the more we know the heart of God, the more we're going to desire to walk in his ways. N.T. Wright, who's a well-known theologian, once said, understanding will fuel holiness. Holiness will deepen understanding. You see, it's a cycle. The more we grow in our knowledge and understanding of the heart of God, the more we're going to walk in ways that are pleasing to him. And the more we walk in ways that are pleasing to him, the more our foundations are going to be fortified. When we walk in ways that are pleasing to him, the people that are following on our footsteps are going to say, wow, this person looks different. This person looks like they have a life that I want to live. This person seems to have a love that radiates out of them that I want more of. And then you're going to notice this person's running up closer on your tracks. And you're going to want to make sure your foundation is strong 
for that person to step onto. But also, when we have knowledge of God, of who God is, that knowledge can help to protect our foundations, right? The definition of fortify was to strengthen with defensive works as to protect against attacks. Because we know there's someone out there who wants to destroy our foundations, who wants to see them crumble. And so when we fortify them through prayer, through discipleship, through serving, through studying God's word, we're protecting our foundations against attacks. It's kind of like hurricane season comes around. When we have knowledge that a hurricane is coming, we buy sandbags to put them around the border, the foundation of our house. Because we know if water gets into that foundation, it's going to shift and it's going to fall and it's going to crumble and it's going to cause some major damage to our house. And so we protect it because we have the knowledge to do so. And so the same is with our relationship and foundations with God. When we use the knowledge that we have of who God is, we can protect and fortify our foundations. And because a foundation isn't just for us, it's for the people coming behind us, we're able to, through the Spirit, pray and use the tools and the gifts He's given us to fortify the foundations for the people behind us. I'm not going to call them out because there's lots of students in this room and that wouldn't be um, too kind to them. But (laughs) we've seen in our student ministry over the past three years, many, many students graduate, go off to college, go off and do different endeavors in their lives. But the most exciting thing I've seen is when students have graduated and they've come back and they sit in the front rows of a church service. They join small groups. They're willing to pray. They're saying, hey, can I still meet and get coffee with you because I want to fortify my faith. I want to learn more. And that's happened because we've prayed for them. We have fought for them. We have tried to help fortify the foundation so that when they stepped up onto it, It was strong. It was going to hold them. They wouldn't have to rebuild it for themselves. And so ways we do that now in student ministry is we do Bible studies with them. We let them lead worship. We let them lead Bible studies. We spend time with them. We pray for them. Because when we get to invest in their lives, we're ultimately fortifying their faith. We're saying, hey, we're coming alongside you to build you up, to make you strong, so that foundation that you're standing on won't be shaken. We're going to come and join you, and we're going to pray for protection over your foundation. And so, where in your life are you building foundations? Who is coming behind you that you need to help fortify your foundation for them. I'm going to give you just like 30 seconds because I I want you to write down somewhere, maybe even pull out your phone and your notes. I want you to think about where's a foundation in my life that I'm building? 
and be specific. I see all of you staring at me and none of you writing. <laughs> Don't forget, last year I was a teacher, so when I say write. <laughs> What's a foundation you're building? We all have them. Maybe it's our family, our job, our neighborhood, our friends, a ministry. And then I want, to think, I want you to think about, okay, who is someone, whether you have a name or not, who is someone that's coming behind you that's going to step onto that foundation? So maybe it's an intern at your job. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's a student of yours. Who's someone that's coming behind you that's going to step on to that foundation? And you know what? This is going to maybe sound a little discouraging, but it's, it's, it's okay. Sometimes we're not always going to see the fruit of our labor, right? We know that. We've seen it. I've seen it time and time again with students who come in to the youth ministry and are so connected and so involved, and then they disappear. And I'm like, where'd you go? I thought we were doing great, right? And I might never, ever hear from them ever again. And so I'm not going to see the fruit of the prayer that I laid upon that person or the fortifying of the foundation that I've done for that person. And that's okay. That's okay because we're still doing the work of God by laying the foundation and building upon it. But sometimes we do get to see the fruit and it's really awesome. Right? We had a student who went off to the military um, back in the summer, graduated from high school, went through the youth program, served so faithfully for years. Um, you might remember him. I'm not going to say his name, but he did push-ups once on the stage during student takeover. <laughs> we get letters back and reports back from him saying he's going to church faithfully. He's reading his Bible. He read his Bible from front to back in one like summer. Just all he did was read it. I was like, dang, I need to step up my game. <laughs> and so sometimes we do get to see the fruit, but sometimes we don't, and that's okay. Because as long as we're laying the foundation with prayer and we're fortifying those foundations, we can trust that God's going to bear the fruit. We can trust that he will do it. And so I've done the research. I know how to build a house. Right? <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> you wouldn't let me build a house for you? No? Oh. I mean, I don't think I'd build a house for myself either, but it's because I'm not a qualified expert, right? Google doesn't make me a trusted professional. Gives me some knowledge, some knowledge of how to build a house, but it doesn't qualify me. It doesn't say with big plaque, Megan is a qualified contractor and she could build a house for anybody, anywhere, right? That's not, that's not how Google works, but... Because of what Jesus did for us, this is our third point. We are qualified to lay and fortify the foundations in our life. Colossians 1.12 says, And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. 
Do y'all get this? Because Jesus came down from heaven and died on the cross, he took our sin, the death that we deserved, defeated death, and resurrected, we get to have that same spirit in us. Ephesians 1, 13, 14, Paul writes, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. What Paul is saying is he's saying when you hear the gospel, when you believe the gospel, because we are God's children, he says you get to have a part of your inheritance already. And that inheritance is the Holy Spirit. That same spirit that raised Jesus out of the grave, I'm going to give to you because I call you qualified. I call you worthy of my calling I've put on your life. I call you empowered and equipped because of the Holy Spirit living in you. And so because of this, we are qualified to partake in God's work. That means we're qualified to pray and lay the foundations of our lives. That means we're qualified to fortify the foundations of our lives. Because of the Holy Spirit in us, we're qualified to do the work of God. And he calls us to it. You know, at the vineyard, we believe that everyone gets to play, which simply means everyone gets the same Holy Spirit and everyone gets to do God's work. That's why you see students up here leading us in worship. Or you see students serving the church humbly through the hospitality team. That's why you see all ages serving in the youth ministry. Because everyone gets to play when we've been given the Spirit of God, right? And so that means if you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad, if you're a business executive, a pastor, a teacher, a sibling, just a son, just a daughter, you're qualified, and you are equipped through the Holy Spirit to go and do God's work. But, the most important thing is that Jesus is our ultimate foundation, right? Because if Jesus isn't our ultimate foundation, then we don't have the Holy Spirit to equip us and qualify us and empower us. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So without Jesus as our foundation, anything we build upon it is going to fall. It's not going to be strong. Without Jesus, we don't have the power of prayer to lay a foundation. Without Jesus, we don't have the wisdom and knowledge we need to fortify, make strong our foundations. Without Jesus, we don't have the Holy Spirit that qualifies us. Right? And what happens often is when we don't have Jesus as our ultimate foundation, we seek things of the world to be our foundations. We have relationships that we lay down as a foundation. Our businesses, our jobs, 
become our foundation. How much money we have becomes our foundation. Our status in the community becomes our foundation. But what happens when those things are taken away from us? The foundations crumble and they fall. Or sometimes we even let the worldly values around us seep into our foundations. And what happens then? Our foundations become soft and they become sinking. And our lives begin to sink in to the foundation rather than the foundation holding them up strong. You see, when we build upon anything other than Jesus, our foundations are going to crumble. They're going to fall. But Jesus, as our foundation, is strong. And he's mighty. And he can't be taken away from us. Our, our jobs, our families, however much money we have, when those things change, because they will, Jesus remains the same. Jesus remains strong. And with him as our foundation, we can't go anywhere. And so when we build upon Jesus as our foundation, we can't go any, 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 any more beneath that. We can only build up and build stronger. And so I want to give you guys a few minutes to kind of reflect on the foundations in your life. I already had you write down, hopefully you wrote it down, a foundation in your life that you want to see built strong. I want you to think about, is that foundation strong? Or are you a little uncertain? Do you feel it shifting? Do you feel like it can be pulled out from under you at any moment? What are the things that you're building your life upon? And is that ultimate thing Jesus? And so um, I'm going to invite my, my two friends up here to play a little jazz in the back. Not jazz music, but you know. <laughs> um, and, and because we love student takeovers and because we believe that everyone gets to play and everyone has the same spirit, we want to give our students the opportunity to pray for y'all. And so if you've, if you've been thinking about your foundations and you feel like, man, I feel shaky, things don't feel solid in my life, I want to give students and the people around you an opportunity to pray for you. My favorite part about this church is that we come together with boldness and pray for one another. Right? That's the qualified part of this scripture. Is because we have the Holy Spirit in us, we are qualified to get up out of our chairs and go pray for people. Right? It doesn't matter the words that are coming out of my mouth because the Holy Spirit in me is going to speak through me. The Holy Spirit's going to do the work. I'm not changing anybody's life. But because the Holy Spirit's in me, I get the opportunity to join him in what he's doing. Amen. And so I want to give you all the opportunity to do the same. And so if you will very boldly, very boldly, you don't have to, Raise your hand if you need prayer in your life around a foundation, around the foundations in your life. I would, I would love if you would do that so people can come and pray for you. And if you don't need prayer, 
That's okay. <laughs> Everybody needs prayer. And so, God, we thank you. We thank you that you are good. God, we thank you that because you sent your son Jesus to come and die on the cross for us, we get to partake in what you're doing here. God, I thank you that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives in us. God, I thank you that you call us qualified, that you call us your children. God, I pray that if there's someone here who's building their foundation on something that's shaky, on something that's not solid, on something other than Jesus, God, that today would be the day they lay that down and they say, you know what, Jesus? I need you to be my foundation. Because we know that Jesus is the only solid thing in our lives. Father, I thank you that we get to pray for those who are following in our footsteps. God, I pray for the students that are here. God, I pray that the foundations that they will be walking onto are strong and solid and fortified in your name. Jesus, I pray that if someone's here is thinking, man, well, I have no foundation to lay. There is no one following in my footsteps. God, I ask that in this moment you intervene. You speak truth over that. That if they are here today, right now, there are people in their lives who are around them that need to be fortified, that need to be prayed for. And so, Father, I thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. You can learn more about us and access a video archive of our messages by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel led to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or download the PushPay app on your smartphone and search for Seacoast Vineyard Church.